We are live with Musicians and Makers podcast. We are dedicated to serving all musicians and artists across a broad spectrum of genres and mediums. I'm here with my host, Steve. Howdy do. Howdy, howdy do. As well as Lyra Carmer. Hello. Hello, hello. And you've just heard uh, Lyra Carmer perform Augustine Barrios Mongari's Mazurka Appassionata. And did I pronounce that correctly? <laughs> Yes, yes, you got perfect. That is awesome. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> such a, it's a beautiful song. And um, what is the significance of that song to you? It's probably one of the oldest classics in my repertoire. It was songs of musical lushness as I was coming from playing heavy metal and black metal, where it's very dark and just heavy. This was lush and light and airy and... There's just so much to it. It got my favorite pieces still today. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you, you actually just hit on one of the things I was hoping we'd talk about. You have like <laughs> a, a background in heavy metal, and that's that's super cool. What are some of your favorite artists in that spectrum? Okay, so there's, for black metal, it would have to be Burzum. I really like my first wave black metal. And then death metal Lamb of god but there's also this technical band called wretched and their guitarists are just phenomenal out of this world good and that is sort of what drew me into that side of music is the quality of the musicianship and the guitarists is just incredible yeah i saw those spider techniques on your your website uh and for our listeners that's lyracarmerguitar.com uh and I just, that's all I could think of before I saw that you were into black metal. I was like, this is what this is for, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah, some of those, like, the whole idea started with electric guitar. And it was a kind of like an exercise that I used to do when I was just getting comfortable with technical death metal. And then it still works for classical, too, which is really cool. Definitely. And, you know, you have such a wonderful story and I feel like we're not doing it any justice unless we just kind of start from the beginning. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you come from? Uh, yeah. So I'm a transgender woman from the Oregon coast. I 
was born in Denver, and then I moved out to Portland when I was a teenager and lived there for about 10 years. And that's where a lot of my uh, musical interactions started. And it became my new home. And then I got married and moved out to the coast a few years ago. And it is just a lush paradise out here. It's so gorgeous, so gorgeous. Music at first for me was not so much something I loved. It was something I very much had to learn to love due to my left hand. And it took a long time for me to get to the point where my relationship with music was one of love. For the first two years, it was definitely frustrating and struggling. And then I started finding more and more things I enjoyed. And... From there, curiosity just took over, and I just kept learning whatever I could, trying to improve, and took me quite a ways, I'd like to think. Uh, even in the song we just heard, you know, I, I listened to this to this performer, and to think that they played this piece uh, with without a disability, and, you know, I've been playing guitar for years and years, and I can tell you that you you're way above me. <laughs> you know, it's incredible to see what you've done and what you've overcome. And it's, it's beautiful. And I just, I, I just love your story and, and where you came from and just, you've done so much that you have so many different, what you've, you've, you teach, correct? Yes. Okay. And you're also, you, you perform, do you do speeches as well? I don't do speeches. I've thought about it, but I've never really known how to branch out into that venue. The whole performance thing has also been somewhat equal parts talking gig and music gig. Because there's a lot of stories with these music. All these men, even though they've been dead for up to 400 years, still have lived rich and incredible lives that you can hear in their music. But knowing them gives it much more shape and character, in my opinion. So that's one of the things that got me interested in talking, but I just still don't know how to pursue it. Yeah, you've shared some of your favorite artists with us. Um, I'd love for you to speak on those. And also, are those some of the artists that you're performing? Um, so the artists that I sent you were Franz List and what was the other one that I said? Uh I think, Steve, you're probably better at the pronunciation. Uh, Kazu, Kazuhito Yamashita. Yamashita. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, Giuseppe Verdi and Gustav Meyer. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Kazuhito Yamashita is a really brilliant example to me. And he, a lot of his big thing with the guitar was trying to make the world a more beautiful place. And that is an ideal that I hold very, very dear to me. And then Giuseppe Verdi was a really, really cool guy, aside from being one of the greatest opera composers. Uh, he, he really had a troubled relationship with music for the start of his career. After the death of his kids, he didn't want to be a musician until eventually an uh, opera organizer essentially forced him to write a piece of music to a libretto that he presented him. And it was Verdi's first premiere opera. And then he would go on to write some of the most incredible operatic works in music. He, he changed the way that opera was written. 
and how the orchestra is seated, and just innumerable things. Uh, eventually, as old age, he went on to just live on his farm, and he ended up building a rest home for retired Italian musicians at the time. And he just used his position as a prominent composer to do a lot of good for the people around him and in his hometown. And then Gustav Mahler has got to be by far my favorite because of his music. He says he all of his music is about his relationship with the world, and it's all incredibly, incredibly profound. And it, yeah, it speaks to me in quite a deep way. He had like quite a cult following, and he was actually he was a conductor as well. Yes, yes. He was known for being really hard on orchestras mm -hmm. to the point where he, at multiple points in his career, feared mutiny if he wasn't a complete and total hard-ass with them. Yeah, as, I, as, I was, as I was listening to uh, Yamashita, I couldn't help but think of, and I'm not sure if you're familiar, Takeshi Tarauchi. Uh, I, I don't think so. So it's it's a little more progressive. Uh, Takeshi Tarauchi is a uh, a Japanese rock guitarist. He's phenomenal at what he does, uh, and he actually um, he won an award for one of his songs, the Jap the Japan Record Award. Uh, it was an arrangement award uh, in I believe 1967. Um, and I just although the style is different, the Japanese style is there, and I just like. I couldn't help but like want to share with you Takeshi Tarauchi and just definitely I check it out. Jot that down. Tarauchi? Yeah, he's um He's known for like some surf type stuff, but he started off like playing in another person's band and decided that wasn't for him went on his own way uh to create uh with a, a, an, a band by the name of uh, i think it was like terry and the bunnies or he, maybe he started with terry and the blue jeans uh but did like some beach boys covers which he just like completely took them in his own direction and just every album cover <laughs> is just him standing as rock and roll as possible with his guitar like maybe in front of some waves or in front of like a beautiful flower garden, but it's always just like, you just see him and you're like, this is a rock God. I love it. I love it. I'm looking forward to checking him out. Cool. Um, so Steve had some questions about some, some of your other interests. Okay. So I know that you come also from a background of baking. What is one yeah. of your favorite things to bake? I'd have to say just traditional sourdough. So old starter, flour, water, yeast, salt, you could. And it's it's such a beautiful and delicious thing. It's what got me started baking when I was a teenager, and then I totally turned it into a career. There's nothing wrong with that. And we have a follow-up question. Can you send, your, send us some of your sourdough bread? <laughs> it won't make the trip, but it's worth a shot. And don't think so. I don't, don't think so. Not with all that's going on. If we still have the days of one day shipping, I can do it. Yeah, understandable. There's the floor. So I wanted to uh, also ask, in regards to your creative process, 
from fully transcribing a full orchestra, how long does it take you start to finish to arrange it into a one classical guitar performance? It really depends on the work and how determined I am to do it. Uh, for instance, I have an arrangement by Mahler of his famous Adagietto, and that one was really quick because it, it spoke to me. I really found that music dear. I was able to get it done in about three weeks, but then there's another movement from the symphony. It's taken me years to work on, so it really depends on how determined you are to I am to get through it and how thick the music is as far as terms of content. And there's also an unfortunate part about having to just accept what the guitar can and cannot do, which is a weird thing. And currently that's what you're doing. You're kind of editing through like a a backlog of compositions and arrangements uh, for for a publication on your website, correct? Yeah. I've got... The Adagietto by Mahler, which is going to be one of the first ones to put out. And then I've got a movement from a Chopin sonata and a Bach concerto and a Bach violin sonata. I've got a ton of stuff that I just haven't edited down and made all nice and pretty, you know? So you do the whole thing from beginning to end, the recording, the editing. Yep, yep. That's great. Uh, and you also started the Oregon Coast Guitar Society. Could you tell me a little more about that? I know you're kind of on pause with COVID. Yeah, so with the whole COVID, we can't really meet so well. But it's essentially just a group of guitarists getting together for community discussion and learning performance, getting to know each other, it, networking. It's It was an incredible resource. when. It, was going on uh, that sounds great I, I really hope to see more of that soon uh how many members were you was it kind of like just informal or was it like like a sign-up type it was really informal it's it was it's been hard to get to start but the whole thing with getting people to come was just being around uh, that sounds great uh, so you also, you had some music recorded for a local radio station. Could you tell me a little more about that? Yeah, so Radio KYAQ invited me to go record for their Classical Music for Everyone program. And the guy who runs it, Gip Bernhardt, thought, hey, she's been playing classical music in bars since she's got out to the coast. This is classical music for everyone. And he called me. And I went and I recorded a few pieces for him, and it was just a delight. Those people are fantastic. Awesome. Speaking of arrangements, what's the one arrangement that you can play that you absolutely despise playing? It would have to be a Mazurka by Chopin. It's opus number 17, number four, and it's just got really intense high fret stuff mixed with really tightly Timed artificial harmonic stuff, and it it makes it really difficult. Uh, one of my my bigger questions uh, it's been um, why do you make art? Yeah, the answer I gave the because I it's what I do. I can't imagine not. 
after developing the skill that I have, it seems so integral, like breath. It's, it's everything. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Steve? I got another question for you. All right. So me and Josh come from a background of electric guitars. We have our Yamaha acoustics, but we've never played fingerstyle. I've never touched a classical guitar with nylon strings. Where would you advise people to start off? Like what kind of, what kind of guitar techniques you can learn for fingerstyle? If you were starting off for classical guitar, I would suggest starting with a nylon guitar. Like this mm -hmm. guy, these nylon strings are very, very gentle on the fingers. And then the biggest thing you want to look into is chord shapes, like your basic chords, your C, your A, your D, E, G. And you want to work on those. And then for your thing, the most important relationship is going to be the one between thumb and index. This is really going to shape a lot of music. And it's what I started with, and I found it to be profoundly useful, and it still consists as the main substance in my technique, technical style, is just these two. Are you talking about thumb and index on your, your fretting or on your picking finger? Uh, for plucking, so... The relationship between those two is really important. Yeah, I watching some of your videos and I, I see the way you play and it's like you're hitting that bass note so low, but then getting to that high so quickly. Uh, it's just that stretch. Uh, it's incredible to see that on a classic guitar and to see you perform everything so beautifully. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really have a love for stretches on the guitar. There's some really monstrous pieces out there and composers like uh, Augustine Barrios. He had big hands and back in his day guitars were slightly smaller so you would see pieces where you've got a stretch from the first fret all the way up to the seventh fret on the highest string and it's oh, ridiculous carpal tunnel just about it <laughs> do you have any stretching exercises that you that you do daily or anything mm, no a big part of it is just knowing where your stretch comes from so we've got two really, really super flexible points on our hand as guitarists. And the first most important one is between these two fingers. You're going to get the most spread between these two. And then you've got your ring and pinky. And you've got about equal distance between those two. So between that, you can try and mitigate hand position. Making sure that either this one's taking the stretch or this one's taking the stretch. And then another one is just where you're just moving out, moving in with the fingers that you want to stretch from. And Steve, do you have any more questions you'd like to include? Okay. <laughs> what is the one dish that you absolutely hate baking? I know we went over your favorite in your best recipe, but what's the one thing you absolutely hate making? Croissants. They are very, very finicky. You've got to start with a dough that you want to undermix, and then you have to get it flat and let it proof in a cold box, and then 
you have to roll out butter so that it's very flat and thin. Then you repeatedly fold the butter into the dough. And it gets to the point where if you mishandle the dough where it's a little too wet or you don't have enough flour, it's going to tear and you're going to have a huge buttery mess on your hands. And it's just very frustrating, especially in the summer. Especially in the summer. Yeah, I've worked at a couple restaurants where like we make cinnamon buns and someone forgets the dough and you just go back like an hour later and you just have this like poof. I can imagine oh. like <laughs> working with the croissant. I can imagine that's not fun. <laughs> no, it's, it's quite horrific. I know that you said you're teaching lessons. Is there any way that you can teach people online or any interest in reaching out and giving lessons in that regard? Yes, absolutely. I've been teaching online for the past couple months since co it started. And I have Skype and I could probably figure out Discord or Zoom too. And if anyone's interested in it, they just need to send me a message through my website. We've got really affordable sliding scale rates. And my main interest is just get to, to get people playing guitar. It's so important. Yeah, it's not the only instrument you play, am I correct? No, I play essentially every stringed instrument there is. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine trying to play violin. I feel like I can't figure out the bow for the life of me. Uh, did that take you a while? It took me quite a while, but once you really get a handle on like the physics of it and how your body plays into it, it's just super eye-opening just to the guitar as well as to every other instrument with the awareness of how you use your body. Okay. Um, have you performed in any uh, music groups or bands or anything like a, with multiple people involved? I was involved in a festival orchestra for the Northwest Guitar Festival. And every year they've got an orchestra that comes together for three days of rehearsal and then we have a concert. And it's a total blast. You get to know really incredible musicians there. Wow, three days! I feel like that's so much to jam into. Do like you must have like the pieces ready to go before you get there. Yeah, you get email the pieces when you register for it, and then you're assumed to have either been proficient at training or rehearsed by that time you get there. There must be a lot of friends coming together. Oh yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's got to be my favorite part about the festival. Oh, it sounds wonderful. I'd love to check it out sometime. Yeah, I'd encourage it. So coming from a background, uh, you, you were self-taught, right? You didn't take any lessons or anything like that? You want to just talk a little I bit had, about that? Sure. I had about three months of lessons when I very first started the guitar. And he showed me basic chords, the key of C major, and then that was it stuff going to him and from there I started really getting curious about music theory and harmony and things like that and I fell in love with it which partially led to classical guitar but it also led to me going to bookstores and finding all the music theory and history textbooks I could find and so I would read a lot of those uh the biggest one that I read was Harmony by Devoto and Piston. And it was really eye-opening. It really demonstrated to me that music is a nonverbal language in which you have so many options to say what you want to say. 
And then from there, I ended up having a few random encounters with some wonderful musicians who showed me a lot in the little bit of time that we got to talk to each other. And it, yeah, other than that, it's just been me playing. Any in particular you'd like to shout out? Tariq Harb and Jorge Caballero, they are some of the most magnificent musicians I have ever met. That's great. I, I mean, music is just such a sharing tool and just for the for the ones who share it with us and the ones we can express with, that's that's the beauty of it. And and, and I just why we're all here. And I, I think that goes back to, you know, why you make music, right? Uh, because it's something we feel and we all feel together. Uh, and, you know, I, I thank you for your time today. Uh, again, this is Lyra Karmer. You can visit uh, their uh, music at lyracarmerguitar.com to find out more. And also soundcloud.com slash Lyra Larmer for you can listen to her music there. And this has been Musicians and Makers Podcast. Uh, we thank you for listening. Uh, and you can catch us on our website, musiciansandmakers.com, uh, as well as Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, and as well as this podcast, we'll be posting a performance by Lyra shortly after. Uh, so please look out for that. And we'd love to have you view it. And um, thanks for joining us today. It was a delight. Thanks for having me.